0: To the Clayton Castle podcast. I am so honored and thrilled and excited to be joined by my next guest. He is the longest tenured president in the history of Northern Kentucky University, serving from 1997 to 2012. After he retired, he was a professor in the College of Education at NKU. Again, I am so honored. And excited to be joined by Dr. James Votruba. Dr. Votruba, thank you so much for joining me.
1: You're welcome, Clayton. It's good to be here and it's good good to see you again.
0: Well, thank you. And, you know, as I told you before we started that you're such an inspiring president, not just to the NKU students, but to the greater Cincinnati community. And as we'll talk about more, you're still serving the community to this day. And um, so let's just get right into it. Good. So you are from Michigan originally, correct? I am. And from East Lansing, well, Michigan. What was kid Jim Votruba <laughs> like?
1: <laughs> Probably like a lot of other kids. I was, uh, uh, in my early years, I was a mediocre student. I was a pretty good athlete. I paid attention to what was going on around me. And, um, but but I, I lived in a university town. I grew up in East Lansing in the shadow of Michigan State. And, um, and what I remember from a very early age is faculty members coming over to visit my family. And in the process, talking to them about the work they were doing, not only with students, but out in the world, helping to improve uh, crop yields in developing countries, uh, deliver uh, healthcare to disadvantaged populations in rural areas, uh, improve education, a whole host of things. And I can remember even as a young young kid thinking, golly, that sounds like it would be fun work. Right.
0: What really inspired you? You know, you kind of talked about it already, but what inspired you to go into higher education, college administration? You know, that's,
1: um, I, I don't know if I can give you a clear answer on that. That that evolved for me, but but it was, I had a lot of friends whose, whose parents were connected with the university. I had a, my parents were first generation college students and I got some advice later in life, uh, as I was finishing my doctorate at Michigan State, came from the university president and he said, Jim, find something that you believe is important to do, that you love to do, and then pour your life into it and your career will take care of itself. What I saw as a college student at Michigan State was a place that was full of innovation, full of growth, full of excitement. And as a young man, I thought to myself, uh, I gravitated to it. I, I thought it would be a fun, uh, a fun venue to, to work.
0: So you came to NKU in 1997. I did. What attracted you to Northern Kentucky University?
1: Well, I think that I was at Michigan State at the time. I was vice, vice provost for university outreach at Michigan State. Michigan State was, was and is about 50,000 students, enormous institution, Going from Michigan State to NKU was a bit like people many of us know who left Procter & Gamble and went with smaller entities where they could build and grow and innovate and and help uh, move an organization to the next level. What I, what I found in NKU back in 1997 was a very young institution, uh, but, but also an institution that aspired to be uh, even more than it was at that time. And and that was exciting. The other thing that was happening that people forget is that 1997 was a time of post-secondary reform in Kentucky. The governor, Paul Patton, uh, asserted, and I believe correctly, that in order for Kentucky to thrive, Kentucky's higher education had to be more than what it was at the time. So you put those two things together, and I thought "This, uh, this looks like an exciting place to build.
0: And Bill, you did, there was a lot of expansion and growth at Northern Kentucky University during your tenure. You think about Griffin Hall, you think about the Student Union, which today bears your name. You think about bb now, was now BB&T Arena, then the Bank of Kentucky Center. What was it like to be president of a university going through this enormous growth in in some, some would say a short amount of time.
1: It was a short amount of time. And in some respects, Clayton, I think uh, those years, uh, those years in many respects were, were golden years for the university because there was investment being made. Uh, it was a time of, of, of uh, expansive dreaming on behalf of the university. Uh, it, was, um, it was exciting. I mean, the, the, there was about a 10 year period in those 15 years where I don't think the cement ever dried here. I mean, it was there was always something going up. The science building, Griffin Hall, the student union, the, um, as you said, the bb arena, uh, and a host of other things, parking garage. And enrollment uh, grew from, I think, around 9,000 to nearly 16,000. New colleges were created, new programs were created, and so... It was for for a, for a builder. It was it was any builder's dream to be able to participate in that kind of growth and development.
0: I think one area of growth that kind of goes unnoticed when it turn when it comes to maybe taking credit for it is our reclassification. I say our. well, yeah. I'm, I'm an alum, but I was also here during a time when we reclassified to Division One athletics. And I remember you were in a student government meeting with us, and you said the decision came down to stay division two and add football or go division one without football. I think that was the way you put it, or someone else put it. Why was it important to go division one in athletics?
1: Well, it's a great question. And and the answer may not may, may be surprising to you and others. That decision to go division one was not about athletics alone. It was about taking the entire institution to the next level and athletics being an element of that. We were the only public university in Kentucky that was not division one. Uh, the conference that we were part of at that time, the GLVC was a good conference and good institutions, but it we were headed in a different trajectory, which, which caused us to think about what type of, of conference would, would we be better suited to, for membership? And so all of that uh, caused us to say, okay, we're not going to do football. We're going to make basketball, men's and women's basketball, our, uh, our, our kind of uh, lead sport. And uh, we're going to build an arena and, uh, and we're going to take the, the entire institution, Division I. And then, but, but you can't justify, I've been talking to a couple of presidents who are considering Division I today. And um, I don't think you can justify the expense if it's only about athletics. I think it's about using athletics as a vehicle to move the entire institution to, to yet another level in its uh, academic as well as uh, athletic capacity and impact.
0: You know, I think a lot about BB&T Arena now. And when it was built in 2008, the basketball crowds were not you weren't you weren't even, even opening the upper decks of the arena. Um now with the growth of the basketball the athletic department as a whole yep. in division 1, the I, I'm guessing the 2 or 3 NCAA tournaments have helped too, but now you're seeing this, you know, growth in this just The athletic department is like blown up in popularity. And now you are seeing that um those that upper deck being filled. Was that the plan all along was to kind of grow into the arena?
1: Absolutely. In fact, that arena, a lot of people don't know this, but that arena, the upper deck is a horseshoe Hmm. that can be filled in at the at the far end to be an oval at some point in the distant future. But the uh, David Williams at that time was president of the uh, Kentucky Senate, and he took me aside and he said, look, um, you're going to build this arena. We're going to help you do it, but you need to build it for the next 30 years. Don't build it for now. Build it out. So we were getting uh, on a good night, maybe fifteen hundred um, uh, attendees at a basketball game over Regent's. I think now they're getting four or five thousand, sometimes even more and the horizon conference has been a wonderful conference mm-hmm. for us there's a lot of national rivalries uh, in that in that conference and it it, it fits us ideally i think well, and it's a non and it's a non football conference
0: exactly <laughs> and there are some great rivalries in that conference too i yeah. think when you're moving conferences you always worry where are those rivalries going to go because when i was when i was here our biggest concern was, oh, we're going to lose that rivalry with Bellarmine yeah. right, was our big rivalry. Yeah. Now we have this rivalry with Wright State. Big, and, big rivalry. And I yeah. think that, I think the growth of the athletic department could be attributed now to the decisions that were made when you were president. Um, that move to Division One had to have been, was it a tough decision? Was it an yeah. easy decision?
1: Yeah, it was a tough decision because you, you had to think about, I mean, it, you, you can't, for any institution to decide to go Division One, you've gotta be very clear eyed about the costs and the benefits. And so we spent several years looking, d- doing a very deep dive at what those costs and benefits would be. And at, at, the, uh, at the end of the day, we decided that it was worth the, worth the investment. And I think it has been, uh, but it, it, was, yeah, it was not an easy decision. It was also a very different time than it is now because at the same time we were investing in the in, in athletics, we were also continuing to invest in other aspects of the university, new academic programs, more faculty members, more labs and, and facilities. So it, it, it wasn't kind of all ships were rising at that time. and it was, it was important. But, but yes, it was a challenging decision for for, the, for me, as well as for the board. Board of Regents had to be satisfied that this was a, a decision in the best interest of the university.
0: Now, I said in your intro that you're the longest tenured president at Northern Kentucky University, 15 years. What drove you to want to stay at NKU for that long? Because in a, a lot of people, I think, would see NKU as a stepping stone to being the president at maybe a larger university. What made you want to stay here?
1: Well, the, I have a mentor, had a mentor, who, uh, was, with whom I was very close over the bulk of my career. And he said to me early on, he said, Jim, you have to decide in your career whether you want to dig one deep hole or several smaller ones. And for me, the, the fit between NKU and, and Rachel and me seems strong from the, from the onset. And it was fun, Clayton. It was 15 years of fun. I mean, I uh, some days were more fun than others, but but on balance, it was just an awful lot of fun. It was it was what I felt was satisfying work, important work, good fit, uh, a great board. I had 15 years of a tremendous board of regents, and so you put all those things together, and we like the metro area here. Right. So you put all that together, and it, Each day, I could feel like we'd we'd moved the needle Uh, and and we were moving lots of needles, but all of it was on behalf of building an institution that still had a long journey to travel. And it was just fun to be part of that journey.
0: What do you think was your greatest accomplishment as president of North Kentucky University?
1: That's a good question and not an easy question to answer, to be honest with you. lots of buildings lots of growth in, in budget and student enrollments uh, the, lots of things that i'm proud of but i think maybe uh, among the most uh, the most pride that i feel is this university became during that period a national leader in what's referred to as the stewardship of place that that this campus during that time became so deeply embedded in the fabric of this community, uh, both Northern Kentucky and to a certain extent, greater Cincinnati. And I'm proud of that. Uh, I, I think we we thought deeply about not only how you educate students, but, but how the intellectual resources of a university can be utilized to advance the dreams of an entire region. And I think the university, I think that's that's deeply embedded at this point. And uh, I know our current current president, President Vaidya, uh, shares those same values. And I'm I'm as proud of that as I am of anything.
0: You know, I was lucky enough to be on student government in 2011 when we decided to vote to rename the student union after you. Um, but what was different about that? Because a lot of the uh, different buildings on campus are named after former presidents. Mm-hmm. The big difference is your wife's name is also on it. So it's actually the James C. and Rachel M. Votruba Student Union. Rachel was, is such a big part of not just your life, but NKU's community. I remember when we would go out to an event or we'd see you at an event, we didn't see you without Rachel. She was everywhere. What role not only has Rachel played on, in in your life, you know, as a husband, but as your life as a university president, what role does she play here at at NKU? Oh
1: my goodness, she she played an absolutely indispensable role. one of one of the one of the things that can happen to leaders is that you can get isolated and people Rachel was a tremendous sounding board for me. She also developed deep, deep connections with faculty and staff and students. I mean, I, I'd like to this is this is a proud husband talking now, but um, I, I think this campus really loved Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not pretentious. She didn't wear it on her sleeve. She was relaxed and informal. and and I think people really enjoyed her, but there were there was no there was never a big decision that I was involved in that that uh, at home after after the campus is closed we don't we didn't sit down and she she'd tell me what she thought, and uh, she's just been a wonderful partner in so many different ways, and I, it was important to me to have that represented in the naming of the building because mm-hmm. it, it, this. This uh, NKU over 15 years was a labor of love for us both. And I would add that Rachel had as and continues to have at least as much involvement in this as a volunteer in this community as I've had. She's been deeply involved with the Brighton Center. And uh, she just she just brought all those qualities that make her special uh, to her role here at the university. And I think we all benefited.
0: I remember when we passed that resolution, I think it was Joseph Fons who, who introduced that resolution and he told us that you would only allow that to happen if Rachel's name was on the building. And I just thought that was the greatest act of love for a spouse because now you guys are immortalized here on campus. Um, and so I just think that was really sweet and special it that was, you did that. I, I
1: don't. I don't remember ever saying to Joseph or anybody else. No, <laughs> it's got to be both of us. But what I. But what I did say was that I think it is appropriate that it. That um, I was. I mean, I was maybe so, that's what it was. I was so honored, <laughs> yeah. to, to to even, and 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 I'll tell you, Clayton, having that come from students, met met so much to us, because yeah. at the end of the day, the only reason this campuses here is to support the dreams of our students that's just the way it is and so they have student government do that doesn't doesn't get any sweeter for a university president than than that
0: well and i told you this before we started when i was thinking about coming to nku everyone said oh just wait until you meet the president he's a very popular president uh, we all love him you see him on campus all the time And then, my very first day on campus, you announced your retirement.
1: (laughs) I did. I knew you were coming. I was
0: going to get out of town. No, no. No. But no, I got one year with you, and it was probably my favorite year of all all of the years at NKU. (laughs) Um, So, you've been president emeritus at NKU since you retired in 2012. Right after you retired, you decided to come back as a professor in the doctorate program, I believe, in the yes. College of Education. Yes, right. uh, Why did you decide you want to start teaching again?
1: Well, I, uh, for many years, uh, it was my goal. I started my career as a as a professor and I intended to end my career as a professor. It's still the heart of the university. It's still that that work is still fundamental to what we are as an institution. So um, in 2012 I asked the I said to the board that I intended to retire well I did that a year in advance but then uh, with the intention that I'd come over here and, and be a professor of educational leadership and the students in that program were um, kind of in the first third of their careers and saw and saw the, the doctoral program as a pathway to achieving some of their dreams and it was it was just great fun.
0: You know, I mentioned this before, you're very active in the community still to this day. I believe, are you still the, uh, the chairman of the board at St. Elizabeth? I know you're on the board for St. Elizabeth. I'm
1: still on the board um, of St. Elizabeth. I'm on the board of trustees for the Horizon Community Fund. And I'm on the board of directors of Ohio National Life Insurance Company.
0: What's that calling been like for you? The calling of wanting to serve... The greater Cincinnati community after your retirement.
1: I, I think that that democracy requires. I I think that democracy requires active participation at every level. You can't. This is not not a. The, democracy doesn't thrive if everyone's sitting on the sidelines. And so, my entire career was spent bridging campus and community. I, I, I never, I always looked at my career in terms of, uh, of the role of the university in advancing a public agenda. Not just students, but, but how, can one, how can one devote one's energy not only inside, but also uh, in the community in which you live? And that has just always been important to me. Uh, if you look at the history of American higher education, it's never been seen as an end in itself. It was always seen as a means to accomplish a broader set of economic and social purposes. And, and I embraced that very early in my life. And it's been part of who I am for my entire, my entire career. And so it was very natural for me to see my role as university president as as bridging with that larger community that we're a part, of. and I'll tell you this: what I learned here was that not only was NKU an ambitious institution back in 1997, but Northern Kentucky and Greater Cincinnati had a similar ambition, and those ambitions feed off each other. If 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 regions want to be more than they are, it it's contagious in all who part of it, and so. I chaired Vision 2015 back in 2005. I've been active in regional planning here and and have tried to help where I could to advance a larger public public agenda and to use the university to the extent that it was compatible to advance that larger agenda.
0: You know, we said we mentioned that you have been retired as a president for almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And you just retired, I think you said, this past year as a professor. What do you want your legacy to be as a member of the NKU community, both as a president and as a professor? Boy,
1: I, um, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, I mentioned earlier that I, I'm, I'm very proud of what was accomplished here. Uh, it's not without flaws. It's not without uh, things that we might have done differently. But, but overall, I think I think we moved uh, together together. Um, I think, I hope, I guess, I guess I hope my legacy at NKU is that um, the institution was a, an even stronger institution when I retired than when I arrived. I hope that's the case. I hope it's more deeply committed to students, more deeply committed to, to the community, more deeply committed to ourselves and to the people who comprise this university. And those are, those are legacies, I think. I'll tell you something else that I think is important. I hope it's the case. Um, I felt and continue to feel that NKU has both the capacity and the will uh, to dream big dreams. And that's not true of all institutions. A lot of institutions are more concerned with preserving what they have than building what they don't have, but aspire to, to be. And NKU was a place that was willing to dream big dreams. Uh, and it was willing to take the risks attendant to, to pursuing those big dreams. And when we came up short, we kind of dusted ourselves off and went right back at it. And that, that I hope is, uh, is part of the impact that Rachel and I had while we were here.
0: Well, I'll just end by saying there are a lot of things on this campus that we all, I feel like maybe take for granted sometimes. There are a lot of things on this campus that are not possible without your leadership. We're not enjoying NCA tournament appearances. We're not enjoying, you know, meeting in the student union. We're not enjoying the up, uh, you know, the latest technology in Griffin Hall without your leadership. So on behalf of the NKU community, I just want to thank you for everything you have done for the NKU community since 1997, since the moment you walked onto this campus. And just thank you for being such a great steward of um, your time, your your leadership, and just, it's such an honor to be sitting across the table from you and interviewing you.
1: Thank you, Clayton. This means so much because you were a beneficiary of this campus and you poured yourself into it while you were here, and that's special. It's, it not only makes communities better, but it makes universities better when students go beyond their books and their classes uh, and devote themselves to helping to build a place. And you were part of that. Oh
0: so well, thank you. Well, thank you. And I know a lot of people call you Jim. I will never call you Jim. You're always you're always, <laughs> yeah. always going to be Dr. Votruba to me. So um, thank you so much for joining me. Again, this has been Dr. James Votruba, President Emeritus of Northern Kentucky University, and we will be right back. back to the Clayton Castle podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. James Votruba as much as I did interviewing him and talking to him. It was really an honor to really sit down with him and learn more about this leader in our community, this leader at NKU. And I'm just so blessed and happy that he agreed to be on the podcast. I think it was a great conversation and I hope you learned a little bit about Dr. Votruba as well. Again, the student union at Northern Kentucky University is actually named after Dr. Votruba, the James C. and Rachel M. Votruba Student Union. That was built in, I believe, 2008 under Votruba's leadership among other buildings on NKU's campus that were built during his leadership. But he is just a great guy and a great leader, again, at NKU and in the community, serving on multiple boards. And being active in doing good for the university community and the greater Cincinnati community. So I want to thank Dr. Votruba for coming on the podcast and talking with me. I do want to give a one update. We had five people since the podcast began in April. We have, we've had five people who were on a ballot of some sort this November. So I just wanted to give an update on that. Three of the five won their races. Rodney Muterspaul for Middletown City Council, Zach Farrell for Middletown City Council, and Mike Morosky for Cincinnati School Board. They all won their races, so congratulations to Rodney, Zach, and Mike on those victories. Unfortunately, Jamie Castle did not win a seat on the Cincinnati City Council. And the one that just really crushes me and really kind of upsets me is that Joe Yoshimura did not win a seat. He he did not win re-election to the Northwest local school board. That is something that that really stung. Now, I know it stung for me. I can't imagine how it felt for him. He is one of the most passionate guys I know who's passionate about education and students and really wanted the best for the students. So my heart goes out to Jamie and to Yosh for those um, defeats, but... They are not going anywhere. They will stay active in the community, I'm sure. And we will hear from them again, I am sure. That's it for this week's episode of the Clayton Castle Podcast. I'm not going to have a new blog post this week either. I know that's two weeks in a row that I've not had a blog post, but there's just a lot going on right now. So thank you again. Um, There may be another episode coming next week or maybe before then. I have a lot to say about the most recent college football playoff rankings so there might be a midweek surprise um, a little surprise episode coming in the next couple of days or so so be on the lookout for that thank you again tell your mom tell your dad tell your friends your cousins your aunts your uncles your best friends your wives your husbands tell them about the podcast Make sure you share it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Share it on Facebook. We are on Facebook at the Clayton Castle Podcast. Thank you again, and we will talk to you guys next week.